Companionship is what makes every journey enjoyable. Today, we continue our journey with Jesus. Join Scott Pauley as we make brief stops in the Gospel according to Mark. We trust you will enjoy the journey. Another storm? Are you kidding me? We just came through one storm. We almost died out on the sea, and now we're in another storm. Have you ever felt that way? You feel like you've gone from one thing to another to another, and you say, where is the Lord in this, and what is he up to? Well, the disciples went through that same thing. They've just watched Jesus perform one of the most amazing miracles. He just fed 5,000 men plus women and children. Uh, they, uh, they carry 12 basketfuls of leftovers home with them. And the Bible says in verse 45 of Mark 6, And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida while he sent away the people. Now watch this, please. It is immediately after the miracle. After every victory, there will always be another battle. And after every great thing you see the Lord do, just be ready. There's going to be something that's going to try your faith. And so he puts them in a ship. He sends them to the other side. But in verse 46, he doesn't go with them. The Bible says, And when he had sent them away, he departed into a mountain to pray. And when even was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the land. And he saw them toiling and rowing, for the wind was contrary unto them. And about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the sea, and would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit, and cried out. For they all saw him, and were troubled, and immediately he talked with them, and saith unto them, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid." And he went up unto them into the ship, and the wind ceased, and they were sore amazed in themselves beyond measure, and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. You see, these stories are not all disconnected. They're all connected. This is one continuing thought here. Why did the Lord multiply the loaves to feed the thousands? It was to teach the disciples. It wasn't simply so multitudes would not be hungry. There was an even bigger picture. He was trying to teach these disciples that they could trust him in every circumstance, no matter what it was. Now, here's the irony. They have already seen him work in one storm, but now they don't think he can work in this storm. There's also a progression here in the way he's teaching them. The first time he was in the ship with them. This time, he's not with them. Your circumstances will change from time to time. Uh, The scenario will be a little different, but Christ is always the same. And whether you can see Him quickly or wonder where He is, just know this, the Lord knows what He's doing. I uh, I read this story and I have to laugh to myself, honestly, because in the storm, the Lord Jesus is always so calm. He's either sleeping or strolling. Every time there's a storm, He's either sleeping in the hinder part of the ship or He's out for a walk on on the water, on the waves that they're so afraid of. What is that? It's a reminder that he has everything under control and you can trust him. There are going to be unexpected storms in life, but here are some principles to remember when you find yourself in yet another storm. One is this, he's praying for you. Where was Jesus when they were in the boat? Where was Jesus when the storm came? 
The Bible says in verse 46, he had departed into a mountain to pray. And in verse 48, the Bible says, he saw them. Can I tell you that Jesus always sees you from his place of intercession? Where is his place of intercession? Well, now it's in a very high mountain. It's at the right hand of the heavenly Father in heaven, which means he's in a high place looking down, seeing the end from the beginning. He has his eye on you. You cannot see him, but he can surely see you. And from his place of intercession, he has his eye on you and he's talking to the Father about you. Not only is he praying for you, not only does he see you, but I love this, he will come to you. The Bible says in verse 48, he saw them toiling and rowing. Maybe you feel like you're exhausted with it, spent with it. Uh, but the Lord sees that. He, he will not put more upon us than we can bear, but will also with the temptation make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. He knows your limits and he also knows he has no limits. The Bible says the wind was contrary unto them. What's contrary to you today? And you're concentrated on what's contrary to you. Why don't you start thinking about what's for you? That's the Lord. And the Bible says about the fourth watch of the night, He cometh unto them. So when does He come? He comes in the darkest part of the night. Uh, the, the night in eastern times was divided up into four watches. The fourth watch would have been the time from 3 to 6 a.m. That means they've been out there a while. They've been fighting this thing a while. They're in the darkest part of the night. And they wonder if they'll live to see the light of another day. And it's at that moment that the Lord comes to them. Could I remind you that your storm is no surprise to Jesus? And not only is it no surprise, it's no difficulty for Him. There are no difficulties with Him. He is the God of the impossible. You can trust Him today. But then please don't miss this. Those storms, that, that storm that popped up and you said another storm is not only a reminder that He's praying for you and sees you and comes to you, but it's also a reminder that He's still teaching you. You see, His storms are not for entertainment purpose. His storms are not just for you to say, well, I had that experience. It's for you to learn something. They're never without a divine purpose or an end. The Lord is always working to teach us something. What's He trying to teach us? Well, remember the Bible says in verse 52, they considered not the miracle of the loaves for their heart was hardened. He's trying to soften their heart towards Him and His power. He's trying to finally somehow get the principle across that no matter what the circumstances, no matter what seems to be against them, Christ is enough. Would you say those words today? Christ is enough. I remember years ago counseling with a young man that was in a period of great doubt and really despair, full of questions and just emotionally torn up. And I said to him, there are three words I want to teach you. And I want you to say them out loud. Christ is enough. I made him say it repeatedly. And I said, now say it again. Say it again. Say it again. Uh, I said to him, when the devil comes after you, what are you going to say? And he said with a smile on his face, Christ is enough. My friend, in your despair, in your storm, in your need and necessity today, could I say to you, Christ is enough. When you find yourself in the midst of another storm in the middle of the night, may the Holy Ghost say to you, Christ is is enough. What's the rest of the chapter? Well, look at the final verses. And when they had passed over, verse 53. Remember, we're always coming over. Don't just get through it. When you get on land on the other side, know God better. And when they had passed over, they came into the land of Gennesaret and drew to the shore. And when they were come out of the ship straightway, they knew him and ran through that whole region round about and began to carry about in beds those that were sick where they heard he was. 
And whithersoever he entered into villages or cities or country, they laid the sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, if it were, but the border of his garment. And as many as touched him were made whole. Now, don't miss this truth. Christ is enough in every place. Christ is enough with every person. Christ is enough for every need. And who learned it first? The disciples had to learn it first. Before the multitudes were going to see this done, Peter, James, and John had to figure it out. And may I say to you, we live in a needy world. And they need our Christ. And He's enough for them. But it needs to begin in the classroom of Christ with us. We need to consider His miracles. We need to consider His power. We need to consider His sufficiency and believe that Christ truly is enough. Thank you for traveling with us through God's Word. We would love to hear from you and share additional resources for enjoying the journey. Visit us online at scottpauley.org. May God bless you as you walk with Christ today. Thank you.